Today, I want to share the origin story of the lead product because it is such a fundamental part of the NoBS agency model. And it's something that I have been teaching for the last eight years, maybe more, and not just in the branding space, but in all industries. I've I've had people implement this in finance, in in law, in all kinds of coaching. The lead product continues to be one of the biggest game changers in business. And I want to share with you how it all came about because it actually evolved over a few years. You're listening to the No BS Agency Podcast. We talk strategies that can take your one to two person branding agency from $5,000 to $30,000 per month without hiring employees or working your ass off. All you have to do is cut the BS. I am Pia Silva. In last week's episode, I explained what a lead product is. If you're listening to this and you don't know what it is and you haven't listened to last week's episode, go listen to that right now. Lead product is the first step in the process. It is a paid engagement that delivers value and it sets you up to sell higher price services to clients who are eager to work with you and sets the whole project up so that it goes much more smoothly. And if I think back to where it originated, it actually started years before I ever sold a written brief. Instead, in the beginning, I was just trying to get the design work to get approved. In the very beginning of Worst of All Design, we would send creative work via email in PDFs. And we just wanted the creative work to stand on its own. So I remember this one client, they were some sort of science client. And I remember sending them a PDF with like 10 or 11 different logo concepts. And you know what? They were all great concepts and the clients liked it. In fact, their feedback was very positive, And yet that project went back and forth maybe six or seven times because, as I learned later, without context, without an explanation, without agreeing first on the direction of the project and what we were all going for. When we sent them that creative work in a PDF, we were basically just asking them what their personal opinion was. And we were asking them to make a decision based on information they didn't really have or that wasn't very clear. And so there was so much unspoken stuff. So that was like in the very beginning. That's how we used to present creative work. And then in the following couple of years, I tried so many different things to try to shorten that process. And one of the things that I started doing little by little was before we would show the creative work, show the logos, for example, we would start to explain a little bit beforehand. Maybe we would just present the work live and before we showed the logos, we would kind of just tell them, hey, let's remember, you know, what we are going for here. I remember distinctly another client where I had the idea that before we showed the logos, we should actually show what is inspiring each of the logos and why we picked those elements and just really just break the logo apart and explain. I remember this one client, uh, you said that, you know, you guys were a team and you were very militant about your work and you wanted people to know that you were very exacting and you showed up on time and all of this. So we took inspiration from, and then we showed them all this, you know, shields and military icons. And we showed all of those images so that when we showed the logo, it reflected that idea and they were bought into it. 
And that worked phenomenally well. I remember that as being a turning point for how we we never showed work differently after that. This whole experience also heavily influences the magic hour, which is a process I also teach inside Mastery of how to get clients to say yes to basically an entire brand and logo and most of your website like in one single sitting. That's a story for another day. It was influential for the lead product because the same thing was happening there that we eventually pulled out and put into this lead product. We were sharing with the client what they told us they wanted and told them what we thought that plan should be to get them there. So in the example of the client where we were using those primer slides to get them to the logo, we were telling that story right before we showed the creative work. And a little while after that, I started pulling that story part out and doing it before we even did the creative work. I remember a few clients where we did it, where even though we started the whole project, you know, a full branding and website project, the first thing I would do is interview them and then just summarize what we spoke about so that I could get their buy-in and agreement on what the plan was and what the goals were. And it was as much to make sure that I understood what they were saying as it was to make sure that they put pen to paper and signed their name on the dotted line and said, yes, that is what I said. And no, I'm not going to change that once you show us the work. It was me kind of covering my own ass because I felt like when I didn't do this work in previous projects, it was very easy for the client to say one thing in the first couple of meetings and then have an idea or have a different thought that maybe they always had, they just forgot to say it, and it would really throw a wrench in the creative projects. If you've ever done a project that has gone out of scope or taken a right turn at some point, you know that sometimes clients can come with new ideas or something they forgot to tell you that can completely change the direction of the project. Well, What I started to realize was that part of my job was to make sure that we got all of those ideas out on the table before we did the creative work. And that would both protect us and also make sure that we really did have the whole story. Both of those were my goal. I wanted to protect us and our time. I wanted to make the project go more smoothly. And I wanted to make sure that I got all the information that was important and not just whatever the client thought to tell me whenever we happen to meet. So fast forward another year or two, and we are now starting to interview the clients and then write this brief. And then one day there was a turning point. I believe the first brand shrink, the brand shrink is my lead product. The first brand shrink that I sold was to a woman, her company was named Bex NYC. And it was like a kind of dominatrix style, but lingerie. And she was super cool. She used to work at Playboy, like in the garments department um, in merchandising or something. And she wanted to start this brand. And she wasn't really ready to do the design, but she really wanted my advice on what she should think about for the brand. And so she asked me if I could if I could do a project with her where she just where I just gave her that advice. And so I thought, well, I'm already really doing this as the first step of our project, so why don't I just charge her to do that? And so I did. And that, I th- believe, was the first brand shrink that I did. And the intention for that brand shrink actually wasn't even to upsell her. I mean, I think I, I did pitch her to do a project after 
And that was okay because, you know, eventually she was going to need some branding. But now that I'm thinking about it, I think she actually was a bit of a designer herself and she wanted to design it herself. So she was just looking for my advice on the direction. And I remember afterwards, she was so thankful for the session and so thankful for the brief. And she said, great, I'm going to use this and I'm going to design the brand. And I love the ideas that you brought me. And that was it. And it was the first time that I realized that this engagement could be valuable all on its own. And so after that, that was it. I said, you know what? I'm just going to do this with everybody because if this engagement is valuable on its own, well, it's a lot easier for me to do and it's smaller and I can charge people a small amount of money for this. And then after that, I'll know if we're on the same page or not. And it will also be so much easier for them to buy from us and for them to hire us for a much bigger project. And I was right. I mean, that was exactly what started happening. I started selling these brand shrinks. They were actually much easier to sell than a full project. I didn't have to do the proposals anymore. People would buy the brand shrink at the time. It was $650. So that was that was my, my first price. And I was just selling it to everyone. And I would tell them, listen, afterwards, if you want to work with us, this is the first step in the process. And after we do the brand shrink, you'll definitely have some great insights. You'll have some valuable information and you can take that or you can hire us. And people loved that they were able to engage with me and get some really valuable information without having to sign up for a multi-thousand dollar project. And at the time, we were pushing our, pr- our prices up quite a bit. So our prices were anywhere from like fifteen dollars to $30,000 at the time that I started selling these brand shrinks. So there were plenty of people around me that I had been uh, nurturing, I had been networking with for a long time. Like they kind of, they already knew and liked and trusted me. And so they were happy to spend a little bit of money to work with me. And some of those people, after they would get the brief, would say, okay, great, well, now I see it, and then they would hire us for the full thing. So it worked really, really well in that respect, and I've never looked back. I used to spend so much time on these beautiful proposals. Steve made some incredible decks. They would have the first half of the proposal would be all about the client. I would write out vision of what this project was going to be and where they were going to go. I always felt like the details were so important, so these proposals would both be designed as a deck to pitch the client on the vision of the project, but it would also be in great detail every single aspect of the project because I wanted to make sure that I was very clear so that uh, neither of us went out of scope. Of course, that rarely worked at the time, but I was trying. And then it would also have all these beautiful pages after about us and our brand and our team and projects we've done. And sometimes these decks would be 30, 40 pages. And of course, some of that was the same for every deck. But still, that's a lot of work and a lot of stuff to send somebody, even just to look at. And what I found was that these brand shrink briefs that were sometimes just like one or two pages, single space, but still, like I remember uh, the, the first brand shrink brief that I wrote for Stash Wealth was one page. And she called me up a couple of months ago, and she asked me if I had a copy of it because she said to this day, that is still the single most concise and clear description of what our brand is and needs to be. And I need to give it to the people on my team for marketing. (laughs) So 
This one-page brief ended up being so much more valuable than the beautifully designed 40-page decks. And when I teach how to do this inside Mastery, I give lots of examples of real briefs that I wrote. And I purposefully show that they're not really designed at all. Like, of course, the, you know, the fonts and the spacing of the words, it's designed to make it easy to read. But we purposefully don't use a lot of design in the brief at all because I'm, I'm trying to communicate, actually, design is going to come. But this is not the design. This is the plan. This is the valuable information that you need in order to do design that's going to get you where you need to go. And so I I purposefully don't design the decks and never have. I've sold $10,000 brand shrinks. It's just a, it's a document. You know, it has a nice cover. It has a nice branded cover, but that's it. And I, again, purposefully do that because I want to communicate when it comes time to do the design, then you'll see some incredible work. But we're not doing that right now. So I want you to focus on the ideas and the vision and the plan. And let's nail that first. And then we can work on the next part and we can do it with all of our effort. And so that's what I like to do in the brief. So that's where the brief came from. It evolved over many, many clients and it really evolved out of a need to solve a problem. And in the last eight or so years, I have been teaching other people to solve that same problem with their clients using the lead product. It's the first thing that we teach inside Mastery. It is a game changer and it is going to not just change the way you sell or rather don't have to sell because it's so much easier for people to buy this thing, Um, but it's going to change the dynamics between you and your clients. It's going to build so much more trust. It's going to make them see you as an authority and it means that when you move into the next phase of actually doing the project, they're with you. They're following you. They're excited by what you have to show them, and they want you to do your best work the way you think it should be done. That's what the brief does. If that sounds like a process that you would love to implement inside your one-to-two-person branding agency, go to nobsagencies.com backslash program. There's a video on there. It tells you a little bit about the model. You can book a game plan to strategize how to scale up your small agency without employees. And let's see if now is the time to take your business to the next level. That's all I've got for you today. I will talk to you next week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll be back next week with more no BS tips for your agency so you can find more profit, ease, and freedom. The No BS Agency podcast is produced by Yellow House Media. Coordinator is Lou Blazer. This episode is edited by Marty Seafelt. Creative direction by Sean and Tara McMullen. Our theme music is Knock 'em Down by The Shrugs. 